This is a podcast from the Business Times. Personal loan funds can be used for a number of purposes, including debt consolidation, medical expenses, and have become more popular in the last decade due to consumers looking to find lower interest rates. It can be a good solution if you need funds fast, but there's always been a stigma attached to them. Or has that changed? Welcome to Money Hacks, a podcast series by The Business Times, where we explore useful financial tips to help you on your money-managing and wealth-growing journey. I'm Howie Lin. Joining us today is Brian Chan, Client Advisor, Provident, and Nima Karimi, CEO of Lendala. Many Singaporeans contemplate taking loans for big life events, such as getting a home, buying a car, or even their wedding. But is that financially wise? Taking loans mainly for the purpose of consumption is typically, I would say, not such a good practice. That really includes funding life events such as weddings, so on and so forth. And the reason is really that it is literally spending money that we don't have today and creating the obligation to not only pay it back in the future, but to pay that back with interest. For weddings especially, there might be a pressure to throw a lavish party or spend beyond our means for a special day. But I would humbly suggest that weddings are not all about how much we spend or extravagance and more about the relationship and the commitments that are being made. I mean, having said that, cars, houses, and even education loans are slightly different, really because owning a home in Singapore especially is almost essential. Although, of course, I have nothing against renting. Owning a car can also be practical and more than just a nice to have if we can afford one. And if we think carefully about the type of tertiary education that we pursue, it can also help position us well for our future career and so can potentially be worth it despite the fact that we have to take on debt to do it. All of these items right, have price tags, particularly with cars, houses and education. Some of these items have price tags that are so large that while it's technically possible to purchase them with cash, it might not be so practical to do so. So... In these situations, taking a loan can make sense. However, it's important to be realistic about how much one can comfortably afford instead of just maximising what one can borrow because taking such loans have serious and very real long-term implications for one's financial life. Each person has to make up their mind on their own what this decision that they're making. Usually we're taking a loan because we want to accelerate something in life to get access to it earlier than we would have if you saved up for it. And that decision is up to each and every one why they need to accelerate that event. The most important part is, can I afford to pay back the loan? Number one, is this something I want to accelerate? And number two, can I afford it? You can create a budget based on a high-level assumption of your monthly expenses, but you also need to take into account the volatility of that budget. Like, how does it change from month to month? Then also, which parts of your budget can you sacrifice? What can you cut down on to achieve this dream? Once you've done that work, the question is very personal. Nima Karimi from Lendala also highlights how stigma surrounding loans actually contributes to challenges getting a loan. Maybe even more so in Singapore was this stigma, some form of shame around having to borrow money, especially if it's a personal loan, an unsecured loan, as they call it. What it means is that we don't maybe talk to our family and friends, one partner applying for a loan, not having told the other partner, kids applying, not telling their parents. So this is one consequence that we're not talking and getting advice from friends and family. There's no shortage of information. That's another problem because there's a lot of supply for loans. There's a lot of lenders and banks available to offer you a loan. Way more options than you can imagine. In Singapore, there's almost 200 different licensed lenders and banks that can offer you a loan. And we're talking licensed lenders. But when it comes down to where do I apply, that's where the problems start. Because each one of these lenders will offer you a different set of terms. 
in order to figure out where to get a best loan, you actually have to go and apply with each one of them individually. It's an incredibly opaque market. There's a lack of transparency because of the nature of you actually having to apply for a loan before you can get your offer, your price. This causes customers to not really compare and not get the best deal. Brian Chan from Provident agrees. In the current environment, taking a loan can be challenging because interest rates are at their highest rates in about 22 years due to the US Federal Reserve raising their benchmark rates over the past year and a half or so, really in attempts to bring down inflation. This, of course, means larger payments and loans being less affordable over time. For those with existing loans, this phenomenon would have been equally, if not more challenging, if they had not factored in the possibility of higher rates into their financial plan. Of course, loans and debt have also seemed to be frowned upon in the past. Perhaps this is due to the idea of owing someone something, not being the true, clear and free owner of one's own assets, and an association with potential bankruptcy. As financial literacy has improved, such stigma has likely been reduced, as some now view debt as using other people's money to potentially take advantage of opportunities. The truth is sort of somewhere in between. And to use a cliche, we can say that debt is a double-edged sword. It can help, but also hurt. What are the things to look out for if you've decided to take a loan for whatever reason? Common pitfalls in borrowing are, well, common. How can people avoid them and steer clear of debt traps? The first would be not to take on too much debt, of course. We want to make sure that our debt-to-asset ratio is healthy, and that means keeping debt to less than 50% of our assets. In terms of being able to service that debt, we want to make sure that our total debt obligations on a monthly basis versus our monthly take-home income is less than 35%. And then for non-mortgage debt, we want that to be less than 15%. That will help ensure that we're able to service the debt and we're not overextending ourselves. Some other pitfalls include only taking into consideration the monthly payment on a loan to determine if we can afford a certain purchase. It often seems like something is cheap if the monthly payment is relatively small, but it's usually the case that a small payment means we are paying off the loan slowly, which also means that we eventually end up paying a lot in interest, and sometimes even more than the cost of the purchase itself. To be careful not to assume that the interest rate on a loan will remain the same forever. This is particularly true of housing loans or any sort of loans that are pegged to a benchmark rate. Because in the recent past, where interest rates were really low and subdued for extended periods, some people who have taken on loans in those periods have assumed that the rates would remain low. And then in the environment that we see today, they may not have been prepared for their loan payments to increase significantly. And that may have caused a lot of difficulty. And then, of course, in terms of servicing the loans, if we make sure that we don't miss any monthly payments, that would be helpful because missing payments is a surefire way to incur unnecessary late charges and fees and often come with other penalties, such as extremely high interest rates, like on credit card balances, for example, which can be as high as 28% per annum. And then the last thing, with the increase of buy now, pay later sort of schemes that have been on the rise, it is easy to make purchases without being too intentional. And the delayed impact of buy now, pay later purchases mean that we may not feel so much what we are spending until the payments hit us and they can add up quickly. Still to come, how do you tell a legitimate loan offer versus a scam? And how does applying for a loan affect your credit score? More in a moment. 
Join senior correspondent Ben Paul for his analysis and insight on market trends and corporate issues in Singapore in Mark to Market, a podcast series based on his weekly column in the Business Times, every second Monday of the month, with your trusted partner for financial information. Go to bt.sg slash podcasts to download or listen wherever you get your podcasts. And now, back to Money Hacks from the Business Times. We've been getting insights from Brian Chan, client advisor, Provident, and Nima Karimi, CEO of Lendela. One thing you can take for certain is you're going to pay more than you should. Ah, what do you mean? Because of the lack of transparency, if there's 200 options out there, the only way to know is to go and apply with all 200. Obviously, you cannot do that. We deserve as consumers to get the best offer out there. We deserve transparency. We deserve a level playing field. A loan should be well thought through and it should be purchased that you do, that you either are investing somehow in your future or you know that it, it is something you want to do it thought through and know that you can pay back. Buy now, pay later comes in a little bit too easy. While, you know, a loan application is you have to fill out forms and you have to submit documents. There's a waiting process. That's the slowness of that is actually good. It makes people reflect and make an informed decision. At least with a credit card, you have to go through an application first. The bank has to approve you for credit. Well, binoculator doesn't really require almost any of that. There's the age factor here. The age group that it's targeting is also someone that maybe is a little bit more vulnerable, needs more education before they take on a loan. Wow, over 200 licensed lenders. That's options paralysis. How can borrowers differentiate then between legitimate loan offers and potential scams or predatory lenders? Here's Brian Chan from Provident. We want to stick to reputable lenders, such as large, well-known banks or institutions that you will be able to find on the list of financial institutions maintained by MAS or the list of licensed money lenders maintained by the Ministry of Law to ensure a potential lender is legitimate. That's first and foremost. And then we want to be wary of too-good-to-be-true offers and not borrow from individuals or groups advertising or using personal mobile numbers, for example, and doing it by SMS or other messaging apps. But in terms of assessing whether or not a certain purchase is sound or if it has some hidden fees and terms that are unfavorable, we want to be very sure that we know exactly what we're getting ourselves into. And it helps to calculate affordability from a total payment standpoint across all the years, instead of just focusing on what we have to pay today or even in the short term in the next couple of months. We need to be intentional about thinking about the purchase on a total basis in terms of costs. And what's this about our credit scores? Apparently, even just applying to check loan terms hurts one's credit score. It would be easier if we didn't take any loans, but of course, loans exist for a reason and they can be helpful in some situations, particularly for purchases that are large, that we may not be able to afford in cash today, or ones that you know may take us extremely long to save up for before we can even consider getting them. Then in those cases, credit is useful. Regarding maintaining a good credit score, yes, it is true to some extent that applying to check on loan terms can temporarily hurt our credit score because it encourages institutions to make requests to view our credit report. And that, in combination with the number of credit facilities that we hold open, even if they're idle, or if we miss any payments, that all is recorded. And having too much of such activity in our file indicates to lenders that we might be looking to take on an increasing amount of debt or that we are having trouble servicing that debt. And it shows that we're in a tough financial situation, right? And it presents a potential risk for them, which may hurt our credit score. Yes, get out, I say. I know it's necessary sometimes, but maybe consider repaying your loans faster, or at least consider refinancing or consolidating your loans. 
In terms of how fast we can actually pay loans off, there's really no magic bullet. The only way to pay down a loan faster is to dedicate more of our cash flow to paying it off. This also means some form of budgeting or other spending a little less to create extra cash flow, to make additional payments or earning more via side hustles, which are quite popular nowadays, to give yourself the means to pay it off sooner. And a combination of both probably works best. In thinking about whether or not you actually need to consolidate your loans or refinance, the most important piece would be the interest rate. Of course, if you can consolidate or get a new loan at a lower interest rate, then you end up paying less in interest and pay them off sooner in the process. And then there is a secondary consideration, which is administrative. It might be more helpful to consolidate loans if it makes them easier to manage as part of just one or a few loans rather than a whole long list of them. However, when doing so, it would be important to consider not just the interest rate, but also all the costs associated with obtaining the new loans and discarding old ones if there are any. And these can come in the form of prepayment penalties or legal fees or distribution costs that might be paid to brokers to complete the transactions. In some situations, these fees may mean that moving to a lower headline interest rate could be worse rather than better after costs. Interest rates on, say, credit cards or debt that has been incurred for short-term consumption usually has a higher interest rate. And so those would be a higher priority to pay off because with a higher interest rate, they can compound and grow to substantial amounts over very short periods. In general, like repaying faster comes down to what are you paying in interest? If you know that the amount you're paying in interest is higher than any other of your costs, the higher the interest, the more incentivized you should be to pay back the loan. Refinancing is a solution that's available to most borrowers, where if you have ended up in a situation where you have accumulated too many different loans, you might be ending up paying too much per month in interest than you should. That consolidation. So refinance is a very good product in those situations where you feel like you've maybe taken on too many loans and you're paying too much in interest. Brian Chan is Client Advisor at Provident. Also, thank you to Nima Karimi, CEO of Lendela. Join us next time when we talk about dividend-oriented investing strategies. I'm Howie Lin. This has been Money Hacks from The Business Times. This is a podcast by The Business Times. Find more BT podcasts at businesstimes.com.sg slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is meant to provide general information only. SPH Media accepts no liability for loss arising from any reliance on the podcast or use of third parties products and services. Please consult professional advisors for independent advice.